Welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe, the podcast about the human experience. Alec Eberly, welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe. Appreciate you joining us. Of course, I'm excited to be here. It's going to be fun. You are uh, not born in Hanover County, but you basically lived here most of your life, right? Yes, I was born in Tennessee, uh, moved all around until about sixth grade. Or summer coming into my sixth grade, and since then I've called Mechanicsville home. So it's been a it's been a long time, but it's been a fun time. Uh, Chickahominy was your middle school. Yep, Chickahominy. I went to Chickahominy, and then I went to Atley High School. Okay, and you were you playing football in sixth grade? I played. So I played football for Blue Star, and I was going to try out for Chickahominy, but I broke my leg, and then ended up getting meningitis mm. all in the same week. So I did not try out for Trick Comedy's team that year in sixth grade. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, so my son was a Blue Star Cowboy. I was an Ashland Viking, and I say that very proudly. Uh, I'm not sure the Ashland Vikings are around anymore, but Blue Star's been around forever. Yeah. Uh, and they're usually pretty good. They have been. They're hurting right now with numbers because of uh, the amount of kids that are playing. Yeah. It's down drastically. Too many so, other options? Uh, I just think there's not as much love for the game anymore. Uh, I think that some kids see football as too much of a commitment. It is right a big now. commitment. It's a big commitment, which I understand, but – I just think it's a little bit of that, and uh, people just not so sure if they're comfortable with the sport at a young age anymore. Is that uh, concussions? Mostly? I think so, yeah. From the parents I've talked to, I think that's definitely a big deal to them. But I, I, that was probably three or four years ago, and you know, football goes in waves. It's back up on the, it's back on the rise. You know, it even goes to the high school level. When I was at Atlee, we had 150 kids in the entire program. Holy cow! Two years ago at Atlee, they had about 60. So it just goes in waves, and now they're back up to 90. So I think that the whole football thing just kind of goes back and forth because every generation or every group of kids is different. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, you certainly have other options for kids to play in the fall, um, and it is a commitment because you're working out. These kids are working out yeah. in the summer quite a bit, uh, and then the the season itself can be a grind. And of course, you know because you play the collegiate level, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, going in waves though, that's crazy. One fifty down to. A pretty small number, yeah. and, and nine, 90 seems like a good number. When you say program, you're talking about ninth through twelfth grade. Yeah, right? and and honestly, it's not. It wasn't even just Atley. If you looked at every school in the county, even a lot of schools in Henrico, I mean, I, I remember playing Verona High School, and them having like seventy kids on their sideline. We played them. I went to their game last year against Holland Springs, and they had about thirty five kids on their varsity team. That's that's nuts for them. Yeah, and I think COVID had a big big effect on that back there last year, but it's it's been crazy. And I think it also has a lot to do with uh, the year-round football, and now there's travel football, and kids are kind of starting to pick and choose where they want to play, and it's just it's just not the same as it used to be. Um, but I think it's all starting to come back around. Yeah, and I think that this year is going to be a big year for uh, Hanover County football. I mean, Mechanicsville High School s- smoked Deep Run High School last. Oh, week. did they really? Yeah, uh, they they won one game last year, I think. Wow. And they got a brand new head coach, brand new coaching staff. So I think that the whole area is on the come up. You know, Coach Gray over at Atlee is doing a great job, and then Sam's doing a great job at Hanover. He's made that whole program bounce back. Yeah, well, I mean, my son went through high school when the program was not doing well. And I've told the story on the podcast before. When my son was in eighth grade, that middle school team, the uh, Oak Knoll Middle School team, they were undefeated. Yeah. You fast forward four years later, they're supposed to be all seniors. You figure they're going to have a good team. Only two kids from that undefeated middle school team played. Yeah. Well, dressed out on the team. It's I just think crazy. that was the difference with us. When we were in high school, we all played together in 7th and 8th grade. And then when we got to ninth grade, it was the same dudes. And then four years later, exact same guys that played. We played, I mean, we played lacrosse together. We trained together, played football together. And there almost wasn't an option 
on whether or not you're going to play. We had friends that never played football before, but our senior year they wanted to hop on the squad and right. be a part of it. And I think I have two two of my be- only two of my best friends ever from high school that didn't play football. Wow. The rest of them, and they were the guys that were leading the student section and still coming out to practices to hang out. Right. But everybody was involved. Everyone played. Um, it was just different. And I, but like I said, I think it's starting to come back, and I think it's exciting. Uh, to see, I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, I think Sam's going to do well for himself. He's a yeah. uh, he's got a good name, and he uh, definitely runs a, a good program. I, I imagine. Yeah, I know he, he he's a hard worker for sure. There's no question about that. I I, I was going to ask you this before we start recording. You remember uh, training when you were in high school? A kid named uh, Peyton Grider, so maybe a couple years older than you. I uh, played with him. No, you you trained with him at different places where y'all trained in yeah. high school. He ended up playing D end at William and Mary. Did he play at? Did he train at Bob Blanton's? Oh, Bob Blanton? Over from St. Chris? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I, yeah. We called him Bubba back in the day, not to his face. Yeah, he, so that's where I trained. So okay. when I was in high school, all of the guys that – I mean, all of our bigger dudes and guys that were getting more recruited, we all trained with Bob's or at Bob's. And we had probably 20 kids that trained at Bob's from different schools that all went there and all went to play – College football. Where'd y'all work out? At St. Christopher's itself. Until we were in ninth grade, it was at St. Christopher's. Then he got a separate facility, so he still trained. He still worked at St. Chris, but then he opened up his own facility uh, just to separate it, um, where he would train all of us in the afternoon. He's a great guy. Yeah, he got – I mean, we were freaks. I'm going to be honest. When we were in high school, as strong as he got us, it wasn't natural for us being natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's normal for a high schooler to be squatting about 500. It's and not. over 300. It's and not. we had – like my senior year offensive line, which was kids from my so there was three seniors and two juniors. Everyone there besides one guy lifted a bobs, and that one guy was just a freak strong naturally. Yeah. But our whole O line benched over three hundred and squatted at least four hundred. And my senior year of high school, and, and bo- of, bodies are still developing yeah, at that point. Three of those four, or three of those five guys from that senior year O line, one was Virginia Tech, one was ODU, one was Florida State. And then our backup, who's the young guy on the team, he's at Liberty now. So we had four guys from one offensive line play Division One football. The other guy played at Hampton Sydney, and the other guy went straight to JUCO, and then dabbled with some semi-pro stuff. But it was it was insane. And you and you give Bob's a, a ton of credit for that. One hundred percent. Yeah. So so he was known as Bubba back in the day, and I don't know if he ever talked about this. He was an alternate for the nineteen seventy two weightlifting yep, team, the, Olympics, the yep. U.S. Olympic team. Uh, and I also took Latin from. Uh, Bubba back in eighth grade, and Bubba was rumored to have thrown kids through the window of his classes if they misbehaved. I heard that he used to bend desks around kids. <laughs> yeah, Bob never really. Our group was really hardworking, so he never really got on us too hard. Right, but I've seen him snap. I've seen him snap a couple times, and it's typically for someone doing too much weight or right, 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 not right. listening. But you can tell, and even to this day, I go stop by and see him sometimes because he's still training people. He's pushing about eighty. Yeah, he's not young. He yeah. still will pick up weights and and show kids what's up. And he's a great guy. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's what a small world. Yeah. I did not expect you to say Bob Blanton tonight. Yep. Yeah, and and he, you probably don't know him as a really big guy. Back in the seventies and eighties, he was massive. He intentionally lost a bunch of weight because he knew he was getting older and he didn't need to be holding all that. You muscle. can tell just by looking at him though that the way he still carries himself. Oh yeah. He used to be a big guy. I mean, he's, I've lost fifty pounds, but people look at me and be like. You've definitely slimmed down. I used to be – I was 305 pounds when I got done with college. Now yeah. I'm 255. Good for you. So You don't need to be carrying 305, no, that's for sure. No, no, Not with the back I got and all the 
different injuries. So I don't need any more. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. All right, so you broke your leg in sixth grade. How did you break your leg? Football. Playing football. Yep. Uh, one of the major two bones in your leg? It, I don't even know. It was a growth plate. Ah. It was five fracture in the growth plate. Tried to play the rest of the game. Couldn't do it. Went to the hospital. Got a cast on. Two days later in the ER. Think I'm dying. And I had meningitis. I was in the hospital for a week. So meningitis, was that awful? Oh, it was terrible. I went to the doctor and I was like, I, something, my mom was like, something's wrong with him. You know, he, he's having like blinding headaches. He won't stop throwing up. They're like, oh, he's got the flu. He's got a, you know, he's not that sick. She took me home. About three, four hours later, I was literally, thought I was dying. Yeah. And uh, she took me back. They did a spinal tap to test for white blood cells. Sure. Came back, had meningitis in the hospital. Oh, you had to be. So I uh, I had meningitis when I was 19, a lot older than you. And I can tell you, it's the worst I've ever felt in my life. Did you have viral or bacterial? That's a great question. Whatever the one that you, you're less likely to die from is the one I had. That's what I had. Yeah. It's viral. Bacterial viral. Yeah. is the one that, if it gets to your brain, it's about game over. Yeah, you're done. Yeah. But it's it's an awful feeling. Oh, it's terrible. My, my head has never hurt anywhere near that. So you can't see. When I get headaches now, I'm like, oh, this is nothing. Yeah, exactly. It's not a problem whatsoever. That, that's a double whammy for you. It's only a 12-year-old. It was rough. I was a new kid at school. You know, I hadn't yeah. had time to make any friends yet. I missed the whole first week of school right missed tryouts uh yeah it was tough but then the next year i was still one of the bigger kids uh in seventh grade went out there and played at chickahominy and we were decent and then uh like you talked about the oak knoll team it was really good yeah yeah, yeah. my eighth grade year we lost one game um and that was to i want to say brooklyn i can't remember I think it's it not was surprising Bro- if it was brooklyn. yeah i think it was yeah. brooklyn um and then from there, it was just game on. You know, I played JV as a freshman. So I skipped the freshman team. We were decent. Oh, they, they had a freshman team. Yeah. That's, that's how many kids were out. Yeah, yeah, wow. So I played JV as a freshman. And then uh, sophomore year, I played varsity. And we were really good. That was when we had a bunch of dudes that honestly all could have probably played Division One. Just recruiting wasn't at, the, at its peak for this area. So then we missed the playoff. Or we played one round of playoffs my sophomore year. And then – my junior year, we were five and five, and it was kind of like the same bummer, right? It was the same deal we had. When we were in seventh grade, you know, we didn't win as many games as we should have. Had the same older guys. Then the next year, we knew, you know, with our class, we're gonna make it. So my senior year, we were smoking teams. We, I mean, we beat, we beat Glen Allen seventy to zero. Beat Deep Run seventy to fourteen. Uh, had a fluke game against Freeman. Our best defensive back was out for the first half because he got in trouble like an idiot. All right. He's one of my best friends. Yeah. Um, you can call him an idiot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they got up on us, ended up losing to Freeman. After that, we beat Verona, beat Holland Springs, beat Henrico, beat everybody. Yeah. And uh, made a run in the playoffs and then had a really tough time against Elsie Bird in the uh, quarterfinals. It was like three degrees and they wouldn't let us use the locker room, made us stay outside. But they got to go in? Uh-huh. Oh, that's raw. Yeah, it was messed up. And then – uh. Yeah, just in Garway. And then the next year, I mean, the next following two years after that, Atlee made its runs. But uh, we never uh, – even all of the guys from my senior year, we all still we all still hang out. We're all still best friends. And we all still talk about how – like I would give back my scholarship to Florida State and go to a smaller school to redo that senior year because all of us knew. Yeah. And that's so like crazy to hear someone say that. But we were all that obsessed with it, and it made us that mad that we didn't make it. I don't know. It was crazy. Are you around uh, Jack Stockhausen's age? Or is he a He's one older? year older than me. Okay. So yep. he, he was on the team your junior year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Jack's dad and I are good buddies. He's a good hitter. Yeah. Always was. He enjoyed, He said with guys his year in school, he said they would give like a pinky to come back and play yeah. more high school football. Yeah. Well, I mean, even my junior year, those guys, I mean, we were – there was no reason why we would have, we should have won 5-5. Five five. Yeah. It was nuts. It's a bummer looking yeah. back at it. It's crazy. And I'm 20 – I'm 25 years old. Dude, I'm 52 and I, and I regret stuff from high school. I football. played in the Orange Bowl and played in the Rose Bowl and did all that and I still think about high school. Oh, we're coming back to that. Yeah. Yeah, no, right. Because uh, if, <coughs> if you don't realize your potential, it's a bummer and it sticks with you. Especially when you – as a team. Well, I guess even as an individual. And we had seven guys go Division One. From my senior year. Wow. Yeah. Uh, were you the strongest guy on the team? Upper body wise, I was not lower body. We had a guy. I mean, I was the lightest. I was six four, same height I am now. Two seventy, two sixty five. Everyone else was in like, high school. Yeah, but then the rest of our O line was like six three, three hundred, six two, three hundred. Oh wow. Um, I was the strongest upper body wise, but we had one guy who didn't want to play at Virginia Tech. I mean, I swear he's been able to squat. 500 pounds since he was 13. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Just naturally strong. Yeah, he, I mean, he's built like a refrigerator. I yeah. was never really built like a diva or offensive lineman. That's why I wanted my D-line. Right. I'm a little more tall and narrow. Um, and I was getting recruited for D-line, too. I just thought I had a better chance playing at a big school for O-line. Yeah. I didn't want to play O-line. My coaches made me when I was in high school. It happens to a lot of kids, right? Yeah. I love defense. I love offense. I ended up loving offense, too. Tackling is more fun than blocking, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and you're saying that as a guy who started 44 games out of 48 at uh, Florida State. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I Googled you for a couple minutes. Yeah. I figured. All right, so how does a kid from Atlee High School, Hanover County, Central Hanover County, end up in Tallahassee, Florida? Um, I'll tell you what. My process was a little different. So I started getting some recruiting buzz when I was younger. Um, went to a lot of the camps and made friends with a lot of guys that were getting recruited and coaches that were helping the guys get recruited. And no one really understood why I hadn't had any offers yet, whatever. My mom – Worked super hard to help me, re- researching wise. And I should have got my mom working for she, me. She uh, she was researching stuff, and schools would come by and give me their card, and uh, she would make me call five coaches a night my junior year. Sit outside, nervous as hell. Yeah, coaching I'm, these D or calling these D one schools. She'd yeah, you're 17 years old. Right? Yeah, and uh, you know she pushed me. My mom and my dad took me to football camps, and uh, ended up getting. A Maryland offer because you know they came by a lot for our area, and after that I started visiting more schools. And then I went to a um, football camp and I wanted to get the number one player in the country. He was actually my friend, and I beat him in one on ones. And what's a one on one look like when you say one on one? Basically, pass rush with no pads and okay. defense linemen and try to run you over. It's totally one way or right. one sided for defense. Right. Um, beat my friend. He had offers from every school in the country, and the schools that hadn't offered me yet offered me and then I went on a little tour and I went and visited Clemson, Florida State, Georgia, Auburn all in like three days and I told my mom when I left I was like whoever offers me first between Auburn and Florida State is where I'm going to go. Why Why those two? I just loved them. Love the city, the, the town they were in, the best small town schools. Yeah. Uh, the area. I like the coaches a lot too. My coach in college was a at that time he was probably 65, ex-Marine flamethrower from the Vietnam War. Mm. Yeah, he was a bad, little, bad dude. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's about five foot seven, 170 pounds. Even badder. Coaching all these O linemen. Um, but I just I love the school, like the coaches. And even when I committed there, I, they hadn't even won the national championship yet. I didn't even know they were that good. Yeah. Wow. I just knew I liked the school and the tradition. And uh so I ended up getting the offer. Actually I was watching Atlee play Hanover in baseball. I was watching that, got the offer. 
Then three days later, I was watching Atlee play Patrick Henry in lacrosse, and that's when I committed to Coach Fisher on the phone. Oh, wow. Yep, it was crazy. So Jim, uh, Jimbo was your uh, head coach. Yep, you for, four, for four of the five years. Yeah. I had the new coaches for my last year. We'll talk about that when we get yeah. to your uh, fourth year transition that's into your fifth. That's some salty conversations. We can get as salty as you want, and if you don't want to go there, that's cool too. I'm always honest. All right, so you did redshirt your freshman year. Well, let's, let's back up. Tallahassee, I imagine, out of all the schools you went to, gave you the impression that they were fully committed to the football program. Yeah. In, in a way that you probably the couldn't fathom is, as a The kid. whole city is built around football, honestly. One sport. Yeah. They have other sports at Florida State. Yeah, well, now basketball's a little bigger. Baseball's always been big. But, yeah. you know, with Bobby Bowden and his dynasty and everything, that whole area is – I mean, you walk around, people know your football crew. You walk around, people know your football player. And back then, we were, when they were winning consistently, I mean, right. it was – you were taken care of in a sense to where, you know, people knew you're a football player and they're going to treat you right. Right. Uh, and the school was just supportive. You know, there wasn't a game where our fa- our fans didn't leave at halftime. Right. Whether we were winning or not. Yeah. The fans didn't leave at halftime. You know, the professors were there to always give you support. Everyone was just bought into the whole program. Yeah. Uh, at least for the majority of my time there. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that yeah. in a bit. So, uh, was Bobby Bowden around the program when you were there? Towards the end, yeah. so he uh, he kind of he he took a good bit or a good break when he was doing a lot of uh, the FCA stuff, mm-hmm. um, tooling around. Actually, one of the coolest moments of my career was when Bobby came to practice my last year, and uh, I went up to introduce myself, and he cut me off, and he's like, "I know who you are, Mister. I believe you're doing a hell of a job." And I was like, "Holy shit, Bobby Bowden! Bobby Bowden knows who I am. Uh, I mean, he's been a legend. I yeah. mean, he passed away recently, yeah, a couple unfortunately. Weeks ago. Yeah, uh, but he's he was a legend for." 50-plus years. Yeah. I mean, he took Florida State from winning no games to, you know, being top contenders. Yeah, I mean, nobody knew who Florida State was until he put them on the map. Yeah, that's because it was an all-girls school until, like, 1950. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. UF was the only school that was uh, both co-ed and had football. Huh. And then Florida State, I think it was, not, I want to say 1947, they tran- transitioned from just all-girls school to both. Might have been a little bit later. And then football came around in the 60s for mm. them. And then Bobby was, I think, late 70s is when he started, yeah. maybe earlier. Maybe um, mid-70s, yeah. Yeah. Uh, All-girls school, that's wild. Yeah. All right, so if Auburn had made the offer earlier in that baseball game you were watching, you would have gone to Auburn instead? I don't know. I like to say no, but I have really liked Auburn a lot. The biggest difference between the two was back then, you know, I was the good old Hanover boy. I wanted to major in agriculture. Auburn had agriculture, Florida State didn't. Mm. And then I kind of got swung by the coaches, like, school first, football second. <laughs> uh, that's literally <laughs> what they said. No, I hate so Me and my dad. Yeah. And, uh, so, funny story about the Auburn, actually. I'll never forget sitting in my dorm at Florida State my freshman year and just going through old emails. And I found an email that was from about two days before Florida State had offered me from the Auburn O-line coach saying, we've been trying to get a hold of you. I think we have the wrong number. Can you call me now? We want to offer you. And I saw that in the email as I was sitting at Florida State. Wow. At that moment, I was like, but then that's because I was homesick. Sure, sure. Auburn was a little bit closer. Uh, but no, I have no regrets about Florida State. I mean, it was, it was insane, you know. Are you the first kid from Hanover to ever play there? I think so, yeah. I think you got to be. Yeah, the only other kids, because – Sam played at Virginia Tech. Damian Woody played at Boston College. Oh, you and Damian are about the same age? 
No, oh, you just say from Hanover County. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hanover County. Yep, no, yep, yep. Damien's a good bit older. D- than D- me. D- well, Damien is a good bit older than you, and Damien's the butt from the butt fumble. The Did what? you you know what the butt fumble is with Mark Sanchez? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah for the yeah, Jets. Yeah. Damien is the butt from that butt fumble. Yeah, yeah. So most most of the guys that have gone Division One from around here either go have gone to Boston College because they had a big pool. Um, U of R, VMI, most local schools. There's been a now, but it's different now. Yeah, I mean, there's kids from Henrico that are going all over the place, like Henrico County. Yeah, the last kid that was, uh, they got a Division One scholarship from at least at Penn State. They got two kids. VMI's footprint has grown tremendously in this area. It used to be one kid. Yeah, uh, a recruiting class. Last year they had three kids. Between Atlee and Hanover at BMI, a year before they had two. Yeah, I think they recruited pretty heavily in like Henrico and Richmond back in the day, but it, I, yeah, they're finally they're paying attention to Hanover. They're, they're doing well now too. So, are they? Yeah, they won their conference, or they went to the. I think they won their conference last year, and mm. they went to the playoffs and all that. Nice, yeah, because they're they're uh, they're military. I, yeah, I can't do it. It's all good. Um, their head coach actually was the O line coach at UVA when UVA was recruiting me. And he told me I was too small for O line. So wait a minute, let's back up on that. You were two seventy six four. I was probably six three, six two and a half when they recruited me. That was my junior year when they. But were still, six three, two seventy. I was a big boy, yeah. And, and look, all those college coaches know that you're going to grow into that. It's about exactly. your frame, exactly. So what I were they really big. talking about? Well, UVA has always had this uh, idea they want all their O linemen to be like six six, six seven. That's that's what they recruit. I've had guys that I've tried to get recruited by them. Tackles I get, but not centers and guards. Everybody. That doesn't make any sense. At at all. Um, You better better, uh, have a 6'8 quarterback then. Yeah, I agree. Um, But, yeah, the O-line coach, he told me, he was like, uh, basically told me I was too short. But the the D-line coach wanted to recruit me. And then when he got let go, that was just game over. It wasn't going to happen. But you would have gone to UVA if the O-line coach or the D-line coach stayed. Originally, I wanted to go there only because my dad used to travel for work a lot and be gone for weeks at a time. Right. And I don't want to leave. It would have been close. I don't want to leave my mom. I don't want to be super far from my mom. I said, honestly. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I committed to Florida State, and then I tried to decommit from Florida State the, the day before signing day and go to Virginia Tech because they finally offered me. Um, but then my mom was like, no, you're a man of your word. And then – Good for mom. Well, crazy enough, my mom never missed a single home game. At Florida State. Oh, wow. She drove down through the night every Friday for the game and would bring some of my friends and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. in five years, she never missed a single home game. Uh, so, out of the 48 games you dressed for, called 24 home, she came every to all the games? Every single one. Even if you didn't play? Mm-hmm. Even though you did start most of those games? Yeah, even though I didn't play, she came. Wow. And then That's real dedication. I, I don't even know. I think that the only away game she didn't go to was my true freshman year. And that's because it was in California. And well, and you've been redshirted. Yeah, I wasn't going to play. Yeah. Um, but I know, I know that my last four years on a retro year, every single game, and I think every away game too, because most of the away games weren't too far from us. Right. Um, uh, yeah. Because Florida State was in the ACC. Yeah, actually, uh, NBC was it NBC Sports. We were playing Notre Dame, and they did a little, little uh, caption thing on her talking about how she had never missed a single game. That's cool. Yeah, I made the homesick thing go away when I was younger. But, of course, by my second year, I was like, I'm not homesick. I'm good to go. <laughs> I was just homesick my first year because, you know, when you're getting recruited, they tell you everything. And, you know, you're going to come in and play. You're going to do this, do that. Sure. 
Then you get there, and they're like, we don't give a shit who you are. You're, you sign now. You're a freshman, kid. Yeah, you're a freshman. <laughs> so uh, did Florida State ever know that you officially decommit, or did you not officially decommit? It was more of a I never officially decommitted. Yeah. It was more of a uh, – the Monday before signing day, my coach came in and said, Virginia Tech wants to offer you now. Because they kept firing the O-line coaches. Like I had a great relationship with Frank Beamer and Shane Beamer. Yeah. I wanted to go there, too. I was like, between you and I didn't care. I'm not, you're staying state, yeah. Yeah, I was like, whatever. And uh, they kept firing the O-line coaches every year, and they're like, we just got to get a new coach in to figure out what we want, da da da, da. And uh, then that Monday before signing day, my coach came in and got me and was like, Virginia Tech wants you to switch, like, now. And they called my dad, and my dad told him to F off. Uh, <laughs> so then I went, or Tuesday, I was kind of getting cold feet. My, my best friend's mom was like, you don't want to go to Florida State, do you? I was like, I don't want to leave. <laughs> And then Wednesday morning, I woke up, and uh, I took a little long to get my contract in to the Florida State coaches, and I'm getting blown up. Like, Oh, I bet. Yeah. Where's your contract? Because I had to fax it. And at this point, I was going to go. I, was, I wasn't decommitting at this point. I just couldn't figure out how to work the fax machine. And then finally, I sent it's it It's nerve-wracking, though. Yeah. Finally, I sent it over, and the uh, line coach called me, and he was like, you're mine now, bitch. And, <laughs> and then he hung the phone up, and I didn't talk to him again until I got to school. <laughs> And, and you probably were by the time when you got there, right? Oh, I was just yeah. like, oh shit! He had is, you. This is different now, you because once you sign, you're in. If you're in, the only way you can get out is if you sit out for well, back then. You had to sit out a year. Sit out two years. Oh, it was two years. I'm pretty sure it was two years. I'm, well, I, I'm fairly confident. Yeah, ba- I'm thinking of basketball, football may be different. Now the the kids can it's get into some system and then just go wherever college they want. football is all messed up right now. So yeah, they might find their way again. Who knows? So, to, they're about to have just one big major uh, or five major conferences. That's gonna that's all it's gonna be, and they're gonna kick all the small schools out. Yeah, and, and call them some other uh, division. Basically, their own league. Yeah, yeah, it's that's, crazy. That's yeah, weird. But the big five are gonna be massive. They're gonna have like 18, 20 teams in them. Yeah, league. it'd be nuts. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I grew up with the ACC being eight teams and nothing but eight teams. I think it more so now is just so many of these schools have such a stranglehold on recruiting. It's almost impossible. Yeah, it's a fair point. I mean, it's an. It, like, not to hate on them, they're great schools, but, like, as you can be honest, Duke and Wake Forest, UNC maybe because they're coaching, but Duke and Wake Forest, they're never truly going to compete with Clemson for a national They're not going to win a national championship. Yeah, yeah. it's just not going to happen. You know, hopefully Florida State comes back and they'll keep competing. I just think, I think they will. I'll they want to compete, right? So yeah, they will I eventually. like the coaches they have now. I think they're good. Uh, but, just yeah, I mean, some of these teams, it's never going to happen. Yeah. You know. But so. Duke's got a brand name. Vanderbilt has a brand name. They'll, they'll stick around. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so going from high school where you were working out with Bob Blanton, you were getting some really good workouts. But I imagine, uh, and everybody says this, but kids are a little bit faster on average. Kids are stronger on average. The intensity level, I imagine, is different. T- talk us through uh, what that was like your first year. Yeah, so the one thing I always had, I was always a pretty strong guy. Um, I was always pretty strong pretty quick. I was never great with linear speed. I was always an agile guy. Uh, that's actually why I ended up playing offense for the for Florida State compared to defense. But it's funny when you think you're the top dog and then you go to a school and uh, everyone there is the top dog. And I'll never forget my first ever workout. This pretty much sums it up, honestly. My first ever workout, I walk to the field, I look across, and there's a six foot eight, three hundred twenty pound man with a six pack. And I said. <laughs> Oh, this is what it's going to be. 6'8 <laughs> with a six-pack? Yep, it's 320. I called my mom like right after the workout, and I was like, I think I messed up. I think I messed up. I mean, these dudes, I, I our nose guard squatted 800 pounds. That's insane. 
you know. And I was I was one of the top ten strongest guys on the team. Even your freshman year? Uh, my sophomore year okay. I was. My freshman year I was one of the – I was – there was three guys that I was about the same strength. The yeah. one guy that was stronger than me was in his legs, and he was actually the guy that squatted the 100 pounds when I was a junior. Wow. Came in with me. Um, but it was, it was freaks. I mean, we had dudes that – I mean, Dalvin Cook – yeah, could squat six hundred pounds and he was two hundred and ten pounds. Yeah, and could it was lightning fast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was something else. But then after your first year, and honestly, the hardest part, <clears throat> like the quickness and the game change, is hard. But there's so many moving parts and so many plays and so much stuff to figure out. When you don't, when you're not confident in your knowledge about the plays or about the scheme about what's going on, you can't play fast. So the biggest thing I struggled with as a freshman, a true freshman, which, I, like I said, I was the backup. So I was still going against the ones and twos. Sure. At 18 years old. And I yeah. was probably 275, 280 at this point. So right. I was puny compared to these they guys. They can move you around pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. I had a hard time playing fast because I wasn't confident in the plays. And I knew the plays. I just – You're 18. You doubted yeah. yourself a little bit. Yeah. Um, I did big time. And then so my second year, that's when it all clicked. The playbook, I put the extra work into the playbook and all that. And that's when I really started to take off and do well. I actually was starting from game one. Or I was supposed to start game one of my retro freshman year. But I had to go to the hospital because I had a little heart thing happen. Mm. And so I missed the first six games. The coaches were nervous to play me because, you know, anytime something like that happens, they're, yeah. they're going to be eerie about it. Um, but once I proved that I was ready to come back and play, that's when I ended up starting the sixth game of my second year. Kind of pissed me off because I would have had 50 starts. Yeah. If I had, uh, I'd had over 50. No, I'd have right at 50 if I had uh, I'd missed that first part of the season. But it's all good. And so you had, what, 48 starts total? I can't even remember. Google, Google says 44 starts out of 48. I think those are all regular season. It doesn't include bowl games. I don't think that games. includes bowl games, yeah, because yeah, it, would, it would be an odd number. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. Honestly, I just know I played a lot of games. You know, I never really kept track with that stuff. Yeah. Uh, a little bit with Nick. We'd have a little competition sometimes. Um, but, yeah, I, I was a little short my second year. And then after that, you know, it was game on from there when I started playing. And it's funny when I go back and watch the film from my first year starting and seeing, like, I was lost. I was probably 285 that year, 290 maybe. Which is crazy to think that that's small. Yeah, but I hadn't gotten hurt yet at all. Not really. I was so fast, running downfield, blocking defensive backs, doing all this crazy stuff. And then you flip forward to my last year where I'd had three hip surgeries, ankle surgery, and it was all banged up. And I was just. And you were 305. Too. Yeah, I was just yeah. a different player at that time. Yeah. I mean, I was still doing my thing, but it was just funny because, you know, the young Alec was sprinting downfield trying to get in dudes' faces and doing that. I was just old and decrepit by the, by the time it came to an end. It's a hard game, man. Yeah. I mean, you take in consideration the average center takes 70,000 hits to his head in his career. Yeah. So, I mean, every day it's full go. And. The thing about that Florida State, they took care of me my last couple of years, you know, because I had some injuries. So I didn't do everything, but we hit and tackled every day. Yeah, except for Thursdays. Thursday, well, which Thursdays we did a little bit, then Fridays was a walkthrough. Right. You know, we were we were getting after it the whole time, and you know, if you didn't practice at least ninety percent of the practices leading up to the game, you weren't playing. Yeah. You know, there was no. I'm going to sit out all week and step in for the game. Yeah, and that body's not meant to take that stuff indefinitely, right? No. The body breaks yeah, down I mean, eventually. It's, I've, yeah, I've had my fair share of injuries and a little, little stuff. But, I've, I mean, my whole thing, honestly, what probably ruined my career was 
I took on the tough guy mentality, and I was like, oh, I'll play through anything, and my coaches knew that. So they just kind of expected me to play through. Like if I I remember I dislocated my elbow, I kept playing. Mm. And I had uh, stingers where I couldn't feel my arms and stuff. I just kept playing. You know, give me a shot, whatever. Let's go. I'm not going to miss the game. That's the mindset. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's what ended up biting me in the butt, you know, because really I came back. I had double hip surgery the – my, that was my third year. I had double hip surgery after the season. That was the year we won the Orange Bowl. I came back two months early for my recovery so I could play against Bama because I knew I needed to play. And then I ended up tearing my hip again. Mm. And that was the year I was supposed to leave for the draft. And then after all that, after all that, see, when you're, when you're, you know, third, fourth year, your medical stuff's not released. Right. So the scouts and the agents, they don't know. So this time, you know, I'm getting blown up. Like, I'm like, damn, I'm about to get drafted, like, legit. And then my fifth year came around, and all the injury stuff got released, and yeah. it was just like the draft boards just crashed. And when, honestly, though, at that time, I was so banged up and so injured up. By the time my fifth year came around, and I had new coaches, I was kind of over it. I I almost stopped playing um, after I had my third hip surgery. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. But then I, you know, I had self talk, all that crap. Right. I convinced myself, no, nah, I you did this far. You're gonna at least try. Right. To uh to make it, and I did. You know, I did. Everything I could, I probably put more into football my last season than I ever had, and we were freaking terrible, which sucked. But uh, why were you so bad? You just lost players or new well, coaches? We had new or? coaches, and you know, a lot of guys weren't uh, believing in the new coaches. And then uh, it was just run differently, new offense. Um, you know, if ten percent of your starters are putting in the extra hours to win, but the rest of the guys aren't, you're not going to win. Yeah, you know, uh, that's kind of what we faced. Was just the whole buy-in situation. Um, and we had a lot of injuries. I didn't play. So my last year, I was the only person to play in every single game on the offensive line. Mm. I had a different offensive line every single game. That's crazy. And when you have a different offensive line every single game, your team will never build it will never build cohesiveness. You don't, right. That O-line revolves around playing as one. And when you're so It's one unit, guy, yeah. Yeah. So it was hard. But, uh, you know, no regrets. I mean, I learned a lot. And it was fun. I got to do a lot of fun stuff. If, if you uh, took a full year off and had your hips recovered, do you think you could have uh, done something in the NFL? And it's unusual to do that, right? A guy takes a year off after his college playing days, he's probably not being looked at. Yeah, so like I said, I was kind of over it. Yeah. Um, so, I, But I got my opportunity, right? I went to minicamp, and uh, I did really well. And the coaches brought me in, and they're like, we just – you know, we're worried about your injuries. Um, you're Which there. team was this for? This is the Buccaneers. And they told the me. The Super Bowl champ Buccaneers, Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. They told me, they're like, we want to sign you. The O-line coach told me, I, like, I want to sign you. He's like, I think you're the best guy here. Um, but, you know, front, if you don't know this, I don't know if you know, but the front office is who decides who gets drafted and who gets signed, not the coaches. The coaches can say their part, but they don't have the final call. He told me straight up. He was like, look, I want to sign you. But – the front office, they, they want you to gain at least 15 pounds um, and then worry about your injuries. And I was like, dude, I'm eating 8,000 calories a day right now. 15 pounds seems crazy given uh, how I big you are. Uh, I mean, so between the injuries and the eating, because I was never that big of a guy naturally, I was just, you know, wore out with it. And so they ended up, I said, okay. So I left. Uh, I called my agent on Monday. I told him I'm done. He's like, what do you mean you're done? They want to sign you if you gain weight. I was like, I'm hurt. And I can't eat like this anymore. I'm not going to gain the weight. There's no way possible. My dad owns a restaurant, and I still can't gain the weight. Right. Um, but I was pissed off, and I called it too early. And uh, I realized that about 
a month and a half later, and once you tell like your agent, and they start letting teams know that you know Alex's not really in it no more. They're not going to call you because they're like, oh, we don't. They don't want guys that aren't bought in, right? So then in July, I tried to make a comeback uh, for that through the XFL. That was in May. So in July, I went and tried out for the XFL. I did well. They told me like, you know, you're on top of the board for all these teams. Da da da. da. I had every team from the XFL call me, tell me I was the first, second round guy for them. And then about the week before the XFL draft, I start getting notified by them like, hey. You know, you've fallen on our draft boards because of your injuries. Da, 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 da. They didn't know about that beforehand? Uh, that's just – it works in waves. It's weird. Yeah. And then so I sat there with my best friend the day of the XFL draft, never got a phone call. And that was in October. And then uh, November, I was like, screw it. You know, it's not happening. So I went and got double hand surgery. Hmm. Lost about – I got one hand done and I got a second hand. So the first hand, I got it done, lost about 15 pounds, got a phone call two days later. Hey, I want you to come play for the DC team. They want you to start this weekend. And I was like, dude, just had, I just had hand, hand surgery. I lost hand, 15 pounds. And I'm not big as big as I was. Right? Yeah. And then I was pissed off about that. And then uh, two weeks later, I got my other hand done. About the week after that, happened again from a different team. I think it was the Seattle Dragons. And I was like, are you shitting me? Wow. Um, so then I was all pissed off. So I actually, about three weeks after that, quit my job and I was like I can come back like I can do this you know I still have my name behind me um I mean shit I was an all-conference center I was at one yeah. point a high draft prospect I was like I can I can come back I got hit up by some CFL teams want me to come try out do all that so I quit my job to train for the CFL and the week of my CFL tryout COVID happened and oh oh so you were trying very recently this is like yeah so this have been two years ago yeah right so, not even yeah. yeah a year and a half COVID happened, and uh, all the trials got canceled. And I was like, you know what? That's my sign. It's just not meant. I mean, because I've had, like I said, I've had hand surgeries, hip surgeries. I need back surgery. Uh, I got all this stuff. I, I just I was banged up, man. Are you at peace with it now? I am now. Yeah, it took me a while. I didn't watch football for a year and a half. I didn't watch football the whole time. That that fall where, uh, like when the XFL said my first fall back, I was still training, but I wouldn't watch football. Yeah. And then uh, even last year, last year I watched football for the first time. I watched like two games, and that was just because my one of my best friends plays. Well, a couple of my best friends play still, but it was his first game. Um, and then uh, now I'm fine. You know, I can I watch football all the time, go to games. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it was hard, man. It was that first. So the hard part is one of my good friends is going through it right now. He's he's might go through it this year. He actually recently got cut, and uh, he's on that. Trying to figure out, you know, if, if I don't get re-signed in the next couple of weeks, am I done? Yeah. Um, but that first year, you know, you're really trying to find yourself because when you go play in a sport for 19 years, uh, and then it's just gone. You know, yeah. Well, and look, you—I mean, you were treated like a freshman in college, but you—you you were the man for during high school. Yeah. You, maybe you weren't the man your your true freshman year, but you became the man the next yeah, exactly. four, and then you're like, I, what? Yeah, I'm, and the hard part, too, is uh, – and luckily, see, I I'm from, I got a great community, right? So, luckily, I came back. I had, you know, places to work. Uh, my parents supported me or whatever. So, for me, you know, I don't really have any complaints about the situation. I Luckily, I get to train all these kids and help kids get recruited and chase your dreams. This and the third, the hard part for me to fathom is all of my teammates or all the other guys that play Division One football that were ranked high – or they thought they were going to get drafted. They didn't care as much about school, or 
they didn't get you know their chance, and then they just get sent back. You know, a lot of the guys I played with, a lot of the guys play college football are, are not from good areas. Right. I mean, I had one of my best friends from school. When he went home, he stayed in hotels. His mom was a nurse, a traveling nurse. Wow. Right. She would like a hospice nurse. So they would stay in hotels. Right. So uh, that's the hard part for me to think about is all of the guys that didn't have anything and the fact that like when you're in the NFL, they have the NFL PA. Right. They fight for the rights of the players. The NCAA doesn't fight for the rights of the players. The NCAA protects coaches and schools and makes money for itself. It makes money for itself. There's yeah. no one there for these players. You know, when they get done, if they don't make it. And a lot of these guys, and, you know, you go to these schools and the, you meet a bunch of boosters, right? And the boosters are all, you know, if football doesn't work out, I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. And I was very close to a lot of alumni, a lot of boosters. I can tell you how many of those boosters called me after I was done playing. Not a one. Yeah, because you were a commodity. Exactly. Yeah. When you're going through it. And that's no, that's no shame. I get it. You know, I. It's, it's, it's a business in there. It's much. a business. Exactly. So that was the hard part. I, I That's the only part I really struggle with now is, uh, Think about the guys that didn't really have some going for them, you know, when they got back home. And I think that's one of the reasons why I love training these kids that I train because I do. There's a, I used to have a gym like I talked about, but then I kind of switched to focus on the O line, D line training. But I still have my certification as like the highest level strength coach you can get. So there's a few kids that I'll train for free. Like one of my guys, um, he's from Henrico, and he had 30 scholarship offers, lost them all. Gained too much weight, transfers from schools. But, you know, I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to help you. I'm going to get you back in it. Now he's at Fork Union. He's going to get all his scholarships back, hopefully. But just, you know, think about these guys that have nothing. And if you weren't there for him, he he's probably doesn't have a chance, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's the that's kind of my way of helping give back is just, and then, you know, helping different kids, you know, find their route. All right, before we talk about Hog Academy, because that's what you, you were just talking about, uh, I, I think I told you just before the recording, I played a little quarterback in high school. Yeah. I'm used to having my hands under center. It's it's anywhere other than a football field, doing that in front of the public, it's a weird thing, right? Yeah. Uh, so we won't have to, we don't have to go into any more detail, but you did mention that you have a uh, story that, that you Yeah, so that story is pretty funny. Uh, we were preparing for the Peach Bowl. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Yep. And uh, my stomach had been hurting really, really bad. <laughs> All week, and it was the last practice before the game, about two days before the game. And uh, it wasn't no leaving practice with Jim Fisher and Rick Trickett. It was it's very were, serious. Yeah. yeah. And we were doing goal line, and uh, I let one rip under center. <laughs> and I'll never forget uh, Sean McGuire going, Holy shit! And I was like, Oh shit! I just sharded, and uh, <laughs> but maybe more than sharded. Yeah, Jimbo yeah. was like, What? What, McGuire? What? <laughs> And uh, Sean was like, everybody just shit on my fucking hands. <laughs> and uh, they all just start rolling laughing. The coaches thought it was freaking... this, this is bowl week. Yeah, this is bowl week. Yeah, the coaches thought it was hilarious. Uh, Sean was pissed. Trickett was just like, you nasty son of a bitch. Uh, you yeah. didn't mean to. You said it bad oh, I, I thought I had a fart. You know, whatever. I farted on his hand. <laughs> You're rushing me. And then you know, the quarterbacks will get up there and they'll throw their hands on your butt super hard. And sometimes it squeaks out. Uh well, yeah, I got him. I got him good. And he was one of my best friends on the team, and I got him good. You weren't trying to get him good, but since it happened, you're like, oh, well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so you went through a few quarterbacks. Yep. James Winston being one of them. Uh, won the national championship uh, the year before you got there? Yep, the year before I got there. Yeah. And uh, and he stayed a couple more years or just one more so year? So Jameis was there for my 
my true freshman year. Um, he was a great guy. He helped me a lot, actually, because the second team line would take reps to the first team offense. And Jamie's actually used to line up because this is my first time playing center. So yeah, I, you played tackle in high school. Yeah, I yeah. didn't have my snaps quite down. Uh, so Jameis actually used to line up about two foot to the right of me uh, to catch my snaps to make sure the offense would stay in pace when we were practicing. That's funny. And he would help me with the offense. And then uh, the next year we had a transfer quarterback come in, uh, Ever Golson. He was with Notre Dame and then he came to FSU. And then it didn't quite work out. So Sean stepped in, who was one of my good friends, and he did really well. And then he ended up breaking his leg and – a lot of times when you talk about he'll breaking their leg in half, you talk about uh, horizontally breaking it in half. Sean split his uh, tibia long ways in half. Oh. To about the mid shin in the Peach Bowl, actually. How does that happen? He just hit the ground so hard, the uh, the compression on the bone split it. Wow. So he had a tough, tough recovery. Um, he ended up not starting the next year. We had a, a Retro freshman start then. That, was, that kid was pretty good. That was DeAndre. Um, and then, let me go. I'm going back to the memory bank here. So that was Sean. And then it was DeAndre. Yep, so DeAndre started for the whole Orange Bowl year. And Sean played here or there. Coaches took care of Sean because that much he did for the team. He yeah. never really got his chance. Sean actually coaches for Coach Fisher. Oh, at yeah, Texas yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Jim does a good job with that. He takes a lot of his old guys with him um, to help him get him in the game. So then after DeAndre, going into my fourth year, DeAndre was our starter again, but he ended up blowing his knee out mm. against uh, Alabama in the third quarter. And that was the year that we were number two in the country. Supposed to What a bummer. Yeah, supposed to go to the national championship that year. And, you know, we were actually playing really well against Alabama. The special teams really kicked our ass uh, that game. But uh, so DeAndre got hurt, and we had a true freshman quarterback for the rest of that year. And honestly – we were – it wasn't even like we got smoked by teams, you know, with the true freshman with James. We, we lost most of those games by a couple points. Now it's just the difference between having a veteran yeah. quarterback and a freshman. Um, we still went to a bowl game and ended up winning. Uh, that was the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana. That was a little bit different than the Orange Bowl, Peach Bowl, and Rose Bowl I'd previously been on. And then, But that year caused a lot of turmoil. Uh, ended up losing all of our coaches. Um did Jimbo just leave for uh, money, or is it a better no, program? No, so Jimbo, Jimbo didn't leave for money for him. Uh, the, the difference with Florida State and a lot of schools is most schools' grants pay for academics and boosters pay for sports. At Florida State, the uh, boosters pay for academics and sports. So there's a little uh, haste. I don't know haste. I don't know the word to use. A little hostility because Jimbo wanted to fund the program more to get better uh, facilities and stuff to help with right. recruiting so we could win a national championship. Sure. You know, more than once every 15 years. That's his job, yeah. Yeah. And so there's a little falling out there, and then he ended up, you know, getting a different opportunity. I don't think there was much of a choice at that time, at that point. It got, the, got to a place where it wasn't going to be recovered. Exactly. Yeah. So he ended up leaving. Uh, you know, I talked to him before he left. Me and Jim were pretty close. Uh, and then we had the new coaches come in, and they meant well. I just they had a hard time getting the buy-in, you know, from the team and the program. And you know, when you have one guy like Jimbo, who's a very hard on you coach on the field, extremely hard to where it's almost unbearable, but he'll take care of you off the field. To a totally different coaching style, uh, guys have a hard time adjusting to that. Sure, you know, like Jimbo ran our our stuff like a military. You know, you were matching; everything looked the same on the on practice. 
you know, we were going to get after it for three and a half hours, and then we were off. Right. You know, it, it is what it is. Uh, so it was just a little bit different of coaching style that came in, and the guys just didn't adjust to it well. Yeah. Uh, I did my best, you know, I mean, the older guys trying to but, help with the buy-in. But you guys have been you know, under we, Jimbo for a Exactly. Most and your time. My whole thing was I knew if I wanted the shot at the pros still, I needed to make it work. Um, just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so. It happens. Yeah. When you're, talking, you're talking about 18 to 23-year-old kids trying to make that adjustment. It's exactly. Rough. And a lot of the kids that are 18 to 20 still think they're like 16. Yeah. So. And a big thing that happened to us, too, was uh, the type of guys that were starting to come in. You know, Florida State went from our big blue-collar attitude. You know, hardworking guys, tradition, culture, all that. We had a whole lot, you know, more highly recruited guys that weren't so much bought into the team side of things, but more so to the uh, – They were there for the, themselves. The me side of things, yeah. yeah. And that, that didn't clash well with the older guys. The older guys and the uh, younger guys did not mesh well my fifth year, which is why I was expecting to leave my fourth year. And I was that was the year I was projected high. Um, and I didn't know for sure I had torn my hip again. My fourth year after we played Florida, because uh, all my best friends were leaving that year too. Right. And uh, so I went and got another MRI in New York. That's where the hip specialist is. And he told me I shredded my hip capsule, which was my, my femur kept sliding out of place of the hip socket. You had to know that there was something really yeah, wrong. Yeah, I, mean, I, yeah, I played the whole year with it uh, and did not feel right. Um, and so when he told me that, I was like, damn, I got a, another injury. I'm going into my fifth year, and I got a whole new coaching staff. You know, when this new coaching staff shows up, I'm on a big ass hip brace on crutches, and right, it's like ground one. Yeah, so, mm. yeah, it was crazy. All right, talk about Hog Academy. Oh, Hog Academy is great. You know, actually, it's pretty cool. Um, Nick and I both came back from school at the same time. Uh, we were training together, trying to see if we could pick back up. And uh, the guy we were training with was like, "Y'all should start training in alignment." You know, just side money, whatever. So it kind of took off. Uh, that summer, and we didn't touch it for uh, the whole fall and the winter. And then that same strength coach uh, was like, y'all need to really push this. So we started doing some networking, uh, went to some coaching clinics, uh, traveled around, um, met a bunch of cool coaches, and really started pushing our brand out there, Hog Academy. And next thing you know, we've got kids from all over the place. And uh, that was about, I guess that would have been last summer. When you say all over the place, all over Central Virginia? Or? Yeah, we, I mean, we were training kids from Gloucester all the way up to Madison, oh, all wow. the way over to about Fredericksburg. They were coming to train with us. And uh, so it really took off. And then last summer, we figured out a way to still train through COVID. You know, we did COVID protocols and really made it special for the guys. And then this past summer was when it really boomed. Um, so we have the warehouse. We train guys in the weights. But we also – started a football camp called the Alignment Only Series, which is a lot of these camps nowadays specialize in – they don't specialize in the position. They just say, oh, recruiting camp, whatever. Right. And uh, they make these guys go out there and run 40s and do bench and do all that crap. No one really cares about that, especially as a high school alignment. Granted, it helps a little bit with recruiting, but our whole thought process was, uh, you know, we're going to design the testing off of competitions. We're going to do a lot of individual instructional uh, stuff, and then we're going to do a lot of uh, one-on-ones. So we had our first camp uh, back in May, and we had 90 of the best O-line and D-linemen from the state of Virginia and uh, Maryland. Nice, man. That's yeah. awesome. It really took off and got a lot of good buzz behind it. And we got um, we actually have a lot of camps planned out to travel 
uh, next spring up and down because I got coaching friends all along the East Coast. And, and that's just you and Nick traveling, or is there more traveling? We've got uh, so we've got some guys that help us coach uh, a bunch. Of, so we pride ourselves on having every coach that helps at our camps or helps you know with Hog Academy is either a current or a former at least college football player, whether it's D three, D two, D one. At our first camp, we had uh, the All American D tackle from U of R. Their starting left tackle, the All American D tackle from JMU. Mm. Um, a former two, one former ODU player, one current ODU player, who's also their team captain. So we really try to make it special for the guys to make sure they're getting coached up by people that have been there. Right. Um, and from that camp alone, I think there's 20 kids, at least, that are committed or have offers from Division One schools. And then our recruiting class, that's going to be graduating this year, we've got. Five kids that are going to Division One, uh, ECU, UNC. One kid's undecided. Got another kid that next year will go to any school in the country he wants to. Uh, so it's really just taken off. And the, the thing that is nice about it is colleges trust us. Half these guys I'm calling to help recruit my guys right. recruited me. You know, so then I'm, I'm not going to give them some BS. And uh, it's, it's hard for a lot of guys now to find someone to actually help them for recruiting because – a lot of these companies will charge you an insane amount of money to get recruited. And, you know, with our hog academy training that we do, any recruiting stuff, like you already – my whole outlook on it is you pay enough for the specialized training. If you want to get recruited, we'll help, will help you get recruited. Yeah. If you want to do some weight training, I will help you with the weight good training stuff. Good for you. Stuff. So it's pretty cool, uh, and it's a good way to give back. I actually took this fall. I was going to coach high school football this year. But I decided I was not going to. Because, That's a big shift. Yeah, I was going to do it. And then I was like, you know what? I really want to travel because I got guys that are playing their first year of Division One football this year. And I got one DN at VMI, a DN at Army, a center at ODU. And I've got two previous O-linemen at VMI for my first ever class. I, was just, I think I'm going to travel around and uh, watch some guys play and watch my friends play in the league that are still playing. Because last year we couldn't because of COVID. So I think that next year I might uh, – step back into the, the high school coaching things. The only issue I face is I train so many kids from different areas. Right. I don't want kids to start trying to transfer right. to come play. You know, because that's, that's what happens to a lot of really good trainers, uh, especially guys that are, uh, like, working for private schools or other. They face that constant thought of, you know, if this kid transfers here, they're going to think that I'm, like, pulling through my company. Right, you know? right. Yeah, I mean, back in the day – you had to live in a certain area, and that meant you went to a certain high school. Yeah, it's not like that changing. anymore. Now it's changing. Uh, if you can get a void, or if you work in the school system, I mean, there's even parents moving their kids uh, in Virginia. And, and Henrico's funny because in Henrico, that each school in Henrico has a specialty school. Right. So right. all these kids can. It means go, they can and, go wherever. In Henrico, they can go wherever they want. Hanover doesn't have that. But like in the state of Florida, as long as you can show up to class on time, you can go to whatever school you want to. That's crazy. Yeah. I so you, so you had the haves and have nots, right? Yeah. I, I know kids that used to travel an hour and a half just to go to high school. Because that team was the best team and it was going to help them get to D1 football. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so you, you're really thinking about getting back into uh, coaching or, or doing coaching for the first time? So, well, I helped out at Hatley my first year, my first fallback. That was the only football I was involved with. I wouldn't watch it, but I'd help out with those guys. Right. Uh, but yeah, I am. And I think that if I do. I'm going to coach at a uh, inner city school, I'm pretty sure, just because um, I'm going to help out people that really need it. Yeah, you know? that's I think right. That there's a lot of overlooked talent uh, at some of the inner city schools, and 
I think a lot of those guys could benefit from someone being there for him. There's no question they can. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. So you uh, did not mention this because you strike me as a fairly humble guy. You were twice captain at Florida State. Yeah. How do they choose captains? So the first – so when Jimbo was there, Jimbo would pick the captains for the year. J- Jimbo was the guy. He Jimbo and the coaching staff would pick the captains, and those captains were the, there for the whole year. So it was, it was an honor, right? But a lot of times coaches pick captain that the guys don't really like. Uh, right, because the coaches on, like him. I won't go into or, uh, to specifics about that, but I know one of the captains I couldn't stand. So hold um, on. So Jimbo picked you as captain. This is your uh, fourth, fourth year. year. Yep. And you had already shit on uh, Sean's hand at this point. That had already happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> you think that helped you get the captains? Oh no. <laughs> no but then my fifth year, the team voted on captains, and they voted me the captain again. And I thought that was that's really cool. I thought that was pretty cool. It's cool both ways, right? Yeah. The coach picking you and the team picking. I remember you. when uh, I found out I was all conference actually. My fourth year, uh, my the coaches were just so funny. You know, they didn't do a lot of stuff like put it out there. But my coach walked out to me and he goes, "Hey." Congratulations, it's all conference, motherfucker. And then you walked away. That was it? That's it. I was like, all right. I'm glad I put in all this hard work because I knew the celebration was coming someday. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, that was cool, though. I didn't. I, didn't, I had no idea I was going to get it. Um, That's awesome. But, yeah. A lot of hard work led to that, right? Oh, yeah. That was the that was the season after I had double hip surgery. I had a torn hip again mm. that year that I got it. That was the Orange Bowl year. And then uh, the next year I didn't get shit because it's – when you don't win games, yeah, it was just like in high school. In high school, we went five and five my junior year. I think I was like second team all district, and there was one other guy that was like second team all district. But miraculously, our senior year, we go to the state quarterfinals, and me and Ty were both first team all state offense and defense. Then we had five other guys first team all state, yeah, and then Metro Play of the Year. It's like, oh, really? So now that we win some games, you guys are gonna just yeah. If y'all had been five and five, you, yeah, a lot yeah. of that wasn't gonna happen. Exactly, it's all yeah. politics. Uh, would you do it all over again? Everything. Yeah, I th- I think that the uh, see I used to say that my biggest regret was letting the like giving the persona or the the uh, reputation that I'd play through anything. I used to say I regretted that because I probably would still be playing, but I don't regret it at this point um, because I'm a firm believer and everything happens for a reason. That's right, right? Like football was great, and I loved it, you know. But now I'm helping out so many more people than I probably would have ever done. Um, and like I said, I'm banged up enough. As yeah. is, uh, but all of it, you know. I, looking back, I've I've gotten to live the rock star life. I've gotten to live the football life. I've gotten to do everything. You know, the, the stuff I've done. I've been from Boston to L.A. playing football. I've hung out with all kinds of crazy people, cool people. You know, celebrities come and talk to us. Uh, all of that. You know, I've got to meet. I went. I was a kid from Hanover County. I went to play football in Florida. The people I met down there. You went to the Rose Bowl, man. I went to the. I mean, I was. I just. It was crazy. You know, I've gotten, I honestly have no regrets. I think a lot of people would probably say, you don't regret coming back early from your surgery. Hell no, I don't regret playing. I got to play against Alabama when they were number one in the country. And y'all were two. And we were two. I wouldn't have have missed that. I'd tear my hip all over again to do that. Right. Ended up being my best game I ever had at Florida State, too. Yeah, wow. Um, Actually, if I have any regrets, the following two weeks from that game, we had a hurricane and we didn't practice for, or we didn't have a game for like three weeks. That was when I tore my hip again. Was because we had we had camp again wow. after the game for two weeks. I regret not sitting out for one of those weeks of camp to recover. Yeah, that'd have been good. That'd have been really good. Probably would have torn my hip again. But that was a that was a crazy game. I actually they thought I lacerated my spleen after that game because my ribs were so bruised. Because those dudes could hit. Yeah, you know? that was a funny story. I, I thought I was going to get an X ray to see if my ribs were broken. 
and I went to the hospital and uh, next thing you know they're putting me on a gurney and sticking me with an IV and I was like what I thought I was just coming to get an x-ray like oh we think you might have lacerated your spleen and I was like no this is bullshit I'm not staying here uh, I ended up getting out of it just bruised ribs and all that but pretty bad bruised ribs that they thought you split your spleen yeah yeah it was crazy that is crazy tell us about your family a little bit more and I, I, I imagine you've been dating your girlfriend for a while. She, yeah, she so I've been her. with. I've actually uh, was on and off with my girlfriend. You know, I was you know young stuff uh, when I first got back from school. But we've been dating uh, for a year. My parents, um, they're pretty awesome. Like I said, my mom came to some game for me uh, when I was in college and supported me all throughout high school and middle school as well as my dad. My dad couldn't come to as many games um, because he had to run the restaurant with right. Craggers uh, in Ashland. Um, but you know, both of them, they did whatever it took to. And I'll never forget when I was in seventh grade. I looked over at my dad. I think he was driving me somewhere far for a football camp. I told him I was like, "I'm going to play football in college for free. You'll never pay it down for me in school." And uh, he used to always repeat that. And then uh, they ended up working out. So it was pretty pretty special. My sisters. I have two sisters, both older. One lives in Richmond. One lives in Pittsburgh. And uh, they came to all my games. They came to all my high school games. That's great. Yeah, it was a. It was a family event, you know, and all my best friends I played with uh, and their parents are my parents' best friends and everybody's just kind of been together because of football. Give me uh, give me the names, girlfriend, parents, and your sisters. Oh, so my sisters are uh, Tori and Aaron, Everly. Everly or Tori's about to not be Everly. She's about to get married. Cool. Um, then my girlfriend named Emily. She's uh, she's, Ashley, or she's a Hanover local. Um, pretty cool about that. Her sister actually dates my best friend. Okay. Um, yep, so... Makes things a little bit easier to hang out and do all that fun stuff. And then my parents, my dad's Craig of Craigers. That's what I like. All right, there it is. And then he's got my awesome mom. That's Vanessa. So I got. I'm pretty blessed, you know, to have the family and support system I have um, between friends, family, and this whole the whole Hanover community. That's awesome, man. And actually, speaking of community, you and I connected through our uh, barber, yep, Dave the Barber. Dave the Barber. You call him Dave the Barber. I had him on the podcast, and, and I said, Dave, I, I don't know your last name. What is it? And he said Thatch, and I'm like, Is that how it's really pronounced? He goes, It's really Tot, because it's Vietnamese. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all yeah. know him as Dave the Barber. Yeah, I, Dave's a great guy. He's awesome. I've been going to Dave since uh, since I got out of college. I still owe Dave a picture of me from college. I, st- I keep forgetting. Yeah, man, you got to sign that bad boy. Yeah. yeah. I tried to go to Walgreens, but the damn picture printer was all broken. <laughs> yeah, people don't print out pictures typically these yeah, days. Everything's anymore. digital these days. So. Cool, man. Well, hey, Alec, I really appreciate you joining us, man. I uh, appreciate you sharing some of your stories. And uh going to have you and Nick uh, on the other podcast that we awesome. do. Should be fun. I'll probably bring Nick on to do the individual thing, too. Perfect. I had a great time. Thank you all. Thanks, Alec. Appreciate it. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also really appreciate if you'd rate and review us. You can find us at scodopodcast.com.